Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Bosch Game. I'm your host, the Enlightened Excited One. Joining me is the devastating Dungeoneer himself, Mr. David Laxby. Hey everybody. The gallivating Galatrad himself, Mr. Jacob Taylor. What's going on? I can't believe I came in second this time. Yes, because <laughs> we have the insightful Andy himself, Mr. Dan Murphy. Hello from Green Bay, everybody. Yes. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing well. Doing, Doing well. well. I am I am recovering from a fun weekend of being turning 41. So I uh I definitely took a good vacation. Um got to eat some Irish food. Uh and I'll talk a little bit about that in uh Snack Tendo, but um yeah, had a great weekend and everything. Um and got some lot of snacks and sauce that we're gonna watch in. Trust me. Uh, but yeah, me and David had a discussion with Celeste about coffee talk. Mm. Um, Dan has a strategy guide out, I should say, for Pac-Man '99. Yes. And Jacob, of course, you guys could check him out on his Twitter. Uh, I mean, not Twitter, his Twitch page. Um, to see more Monster Hunter and check out on Exodus 803 as him and Jacob talk about Hunters for Hire, their Monster Hunter podcast. That's right. Thank yes. So, much, so uh, well, let's get into some quick housekeeping. Uh, this is episode 241 of the Nintendo Power Block podcast. Each and every week we come together to talk about games and everything we love about them with our friends. You can join us live on Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash live and be a part of the conversation. But if you can't join us live, no big deal. You can head over to youtube.com slash games and bossrushgames.com to watch the show or listen on your podcast service of choice. Remember to subscribe, follow, rate, and review wherever you consume us. It helps us out with discoverability and check out our family of shows whenever you listen to your our, to your podcast. Come join the Bossrush Network Discord. We have a ton of communities there that talk about games, entertainment, snacks, and more. Um, anything else, guys? Um, Monster right. Hunter. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is that time to start the show with our favorite segment, Snack Tendo. Now, Jacob, I know you don't have a lot, but quickly, what did you snack on anything good this week? So I, I I do have one thing. I was gonna <laughs> I was playing Monster Hunter like you do, and I got hungry finally throughout the day, and um, was going to go to Subway to pick up a sandwich because I was really craving a sandwich. Um, and then apparently Subway in my town closes at six o'clock on the weekend for some reason because that's when people stop eating dinner, I guess. So I went to Sonic and tried out their new their bacon jam burger. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have they it's it's meat and cheese and bacon slight pieces and then a bacon jam puree as like the sauce what? and it's it's surprisingly good but it's very very messy um but yeah that was that was good it had a good meaty obviously a very good meaty taste um and then I always pick up the I always pick up the chili cheese fries from Sonic cuz I'm a sucker for chili cheese fries <laughs> yes so. yes all right, Dan, what have you been snacking on besides your delicious pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So 
I finished my like month long cleanse of like no carbs or sugars or anything. So first thing I did is I went to Cheesecake Factory and got a Oreo <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> oh my god! So when when you don't have a lot of sugar for a month and then eat an entire cheesecake, it hurts, but it was worth all the flavor. Oh, that's good. That's good. David, what have you been snacking on? Well, you know, we we had our coffee talk uh, podcast that we did yesterday. And so I, I went actually and walked down to my coffee shop of my neighborhood. And um, I got my favorite drink that I like to get occasionally, a cafe miso, or depending what kind of the part of the country you're from, it's called an ole, uh, which is just half steamed milk and half coffee. I always get soy milk. So uh, it was it was fantastic and and worth the treat and the walk. So that's what I had. That's why me still. I miss less are making plans to come to Seattle, <laughs> come <to> see David <laughs> and be like, we need to go get coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's so right. that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, everybody, um, I've been uh, putting this on my Twitch page, not Twitch page, uh, my Twitter page about snacks and the reviews. So I kind of got four items that I'm going to uh, talk about, uh, but actually uh, four and a half uh, because I got Lay's limited edition um, lime and sea salt chips. Mm-hmm. Get you a bag if you can find some. These are so good. One of the best lime and sea salt chips I ever have. Um, it's not too salty. It has a great aftertaste of the lime itself. And you literally put it in your... you. The day that we got it, we sold about 12 bags. Like, oh. people were buying it. Like, it's really, really good. I don't know how long it's going to be on stands, but they have the small little bags, like lunch bags, and then they have a big bag. But they're so good. I do recommend it. And Dan brought me some mambo sauce. He got me a mild and sweet hot. And I went and bought some... I went and got a six-piece chicken McNugget, and I got a six-piece wings from KFC. And the reason I did that is because I want to see how it tastes when it's dipped and how it tastes when you just, you know, put it on there. So I did half of it with the sweet hot and I did half with the mild. I like the mild better. I love the sweet hot. I love the sweet hot. It was good. Um, kind of, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the sweetness out of it for the spice. Like it was spicy and it's good. Um, but I think with the mild, it was so, that's, that sweetness was just so pure and so good. The only problem that I think I have with it is that it's the thin kind of sauce. So you really can't dip it. You really just need to put it on like meaty stuff. So let me jump in real quick. Um, So, so mumbo sauce, it's M-A-M-B-O. Mumbo sauce is like, it's a sauce that is exclusive to DC. You can't really find it anywhere else in the country. Um, And it is made specifically to go on wings, not really like as a dipping sauce or anything like that. Um, So I personally really like the uh, sweet and spicy one. Mm -hmm. Um, because that original one is so sweet. I mean, it feels like I 
I feel like they must put soda in it or something. Yeah. To like, you know, like it's like barbecue sauce with soda plus a ton of sugar on top. Um, but I mean, people go nuts over mambo sauce in DC. Um, I personally am just, I'm not crazy about it, but I did want to get it for you to see how you, how you liked it. I, I I do recommend getting both of it in case if you like if you like the hot one if you like hot stuff the sweet hot does fine um if you like sweet and mild stuff um and you feel like uh, raised barbecue sauce is too sweet or something this sweet one of the mambo sauce um is really good which has worked fine when I when now that you're saying it because I put it on the chicken and I was just like uh, the chicken wings I'm just like okay now I get it now I understand why it's not dipping sauce because I even got McDonald's barbecue sauce to taste the difference to see which one was better so I was doing some comparisons so I enjoyed the sauce now nice while I was in South Bend, Indiana over the weekend for my birthday, But I did some McDonald's chicken uh, nuggets and dipped it, and it's so good. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's good, and it actually has blueberries in them. So uh, I I didn't expect it to be the bomb, but it is literally the bomb. Um, next, uh, last two I have Hosties, um, Twinkies. This is mixed berry, right there. It tastes like a raspberry cake, um, so that's good. And then I have the s'mores cupcakes. Um, these are limited edition, um, and uh, they're very good too. Also, so uh, I have a unicorn. Uh, uh, I have a unicorn flavor of the Twinkies, but I haven't started eating them yet. But yeah, that's my snack tin. Though yeah, I say go Amazon, order the mam- uh, mambo sauce, and. If you want to see if they can ship out the blueberry store, blueberry barbecue sauce, I said go ahead and do that. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know they did fruit barbecue sauces, uh, but uh, I, I want to try them on ribs now to see how they taste. Uh, last but not least, uh, this coming Thursday, I am going to be trying Thai food, so I will be reporting on that. Nice. Uh, people have given me recommendations, so I'm going to hop on the good old train to Chicago and find a Thai place and uh, order that, order the food and see how that tastes. But everybody, we're going to get into our Game Fact events. Dan, it is in your hands. All right. Um, I thought this one was kind of funny. So Nintendo had a failed mascot that they tried before Mario. His name was Discum. Um, so the blurb says Mario has been Nintendo's mascot for decades, but before the plumber came along, the company tried out a few different ideas. One of these failed mascots was Discun, AKA Mr. Disc, a yellow color, uh, a yellow character who represented the Famicom disc, disc system, which explains why American audiences likely have no idea who he is. Um, 
This disk system was an add-on for the Famicom and used rewritable floppy disks. And Discum was the logo that appeared on each game. He was actually featured in some ads for the device, but once Nintendo ditched the system, Discum went with it. Nowadays, Discum is relegated to the occasional cameo in Nintendo games, such as collectible trophies in Smash Bros. or as a hat in your uh, your me can wear on the 3ds. Um, so I looked up a couple of pictures of them, and when this podcast release, I'll post it on our Twitter page at Nintendo Power Block. Yeah, I, okay. At first, I didn't know who you were talking, what you were talking about, and then when you started like actually getting into it, I was like, oh, I know, I know exactly. Like I can picture exactly what it looks like. It looks like a little Famicom disc with eyes. Um, <laughs> that's really neat. I did not know. That's that was a fact that I didn't actually know. That's what we're here for, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Thank you, Dan, for that game pack event. And now it's time for Femi News. David, take it away. All right. Well, we got some big stuff in the news this past week, and I'm excited oh, to <laughs> chat about it with you all. Who oh, he ever? <laughs> so we'll start with uh, the announcement that E3 2021 has been given a date, and Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, and more have all confirmed. So this is from Ryan Craddock over at NintendoLife.com. It says, The Entertainment Software Association has announced its plan for this year's E3 event, revealing that several major publishers are already on board, including Nintendo. A, quote, reimagined all-virtual version of E3 will take place from Saturday the 12th of June to Tuesday the, tw- uh, the 15th of June. The ESA says that developers will be showcasing their latest news and games directly to fans around the world, and that this content, presumably meaning live streams and the like, will be available to everyone for free. Uh, As for the publishers that have already signed up, here's the list so far. We have Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Bros. Games, Coke Media, and more. Uh, Interestingly, though... PlayStation, uh, excuse me, Sony has said that they will be sitting it out this year, uh, which is noteworthy. So for consideration, uh, I'd like to know if you have any reactions to this story, to the return of E3, and what are you most excited for? I definitely have a few that I'm excited and hoping for. Um, And then lastly, is Sony sitting out that big of a deal? Is that a mistake for them? So uh, Jacob, we'll start with you. What are your reactions to this story? Uh, I think this is great. I'm, I definitely, as many people did, I missed, really missed out on E3 in 2020. Um, I think it, it's no surprise that Nintendo hopped on board on this so quickly because they already did digital events and then they had like a live show with a huge thing. I do think this is going to be interesting. What I'm more looking forward to is how this might change E3 in the future because these digital events means that, guess what? These companies don't have to spend several thousand dollars on booths and people and ushering all of that. You know, the E3, the the company that hosts that itself doesn't have to spend money on the convention center and, and tickets and all these other things. And, and so I am interested to see how that plays out. Um, I know I'm already going to have to request off on that Monday and Tuesday because I, I, <laughs> I try always to so I can like sit there and I'll – especially with the Switch. Ah, oh, what a godsend that is to just sit there with your Switch and watch Nintendo and play Nintendo. It's great. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good, and I think that they have a lot of exciting news to, to announce for E3. 
So, so Jacob, any predictions or games that you you feel like you you want to see a preview of for this year? Yeah. So I I'm predicting that before E3, we are going to get a Legend of Zelda 35th Anniversary Direct, but they are still not going to tell us anything about Breath of the Wild 2. And then E3 is going to be like a huge focus on Breath of the Wild 2 with a launch later in the year. Yeah, I, th- I got to agree with you on that. I, I do. I am holding out hope that we'll get a Zelda Direct just like we did for Mario. And my guess for that is that we'll probably get the announcement that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are coming to Switch. Um, and then all the big stuff, I think, will come out, you know, with Breath of the Wild, will come out at uh, E3. What about you, Ed? Um, is this a mistake for PlayStation? You know, they have State of Play and Nintendo has Drex. Nintendo's still participating. Is PlayStation missing an opportunity here? Um, PlayStation isn't missing out. Um, I think because of the last two years when they, they had their last press conference, they got such bad publicity, uh, publicity and they don't want to uh, get that again, spend all of this money to like really be overlooking have, and have it. So they're not really missing Wait, out. Wait, but hold, could... hold on, Ed. You're saying that because they got bad publicity last time that they sh- like you agree that that missing it missing the E3 is going to be a good move for them yeah because because the thing about it is is that no one had when they said cuz Sony said they're not returning to E3 Mm-hmm. They're just not making any plans to return it. They've seen the success of State of Play. They've seen that they could, they still could, can control their message with that. And so we turn it to we turn it to it, and definitely with their business and stuff, um, they feel like they don't need E3 anymore. They could do their own thing. Um, so what the gamers are not missing out on Sony. People stop asking about Sony. It's it's become mm-hmm. an expectation. Like you've been gone for two whole years. So why should we look forward to you being there? You know. So Ed, what does that say though about Sony and their product then if they can't get E3 right? It just it just says that um Sony it, it just for a lot of people, it just feels like the talk is going to be on Microsoft and Nintendo and everybody else. And Sony is not going to have the talk that they really need. When Sony needs to be talked about, they need to do it at a time when no one else is focused on the other companies um, with no. it. So, And plus, they don't have anything ready to go and show yet because PlayStation 5, as good as it is, it's not, there's not stuff mm. in stores. Their first-party stuff is not really ready to go because after Resident Clank comes out, what else is dropping? What else is Sony going to talk about and do? And, at, and I feel like at E3, they're just not ready to do anything. So that's where you're seeing it be not a good idea for them because they don't have the content. Jacob, you look like you have a a thought on that. Yeah, so this is a common thing in the games industry, and there's a lot of uh, journalists and and people talking about this, is that there's a a very significant wave that has happened throughout all, ever since gaming hit the mainstream again um, with the Mm -hmm. NES, is that a company becomes successful, and then they ride on that success and get a little bit too big for their britches, and then they think they can just do it over and over again. And and like since the success of the PS4, I I personally and many others have been ta- saying like oh well the, the next one's gonna be pretty rough because they you saw it you saw it early on too where like with Fortnite Microsoft and Nintendo were playing nice and they were let's do crossplay and Sony at first was like no 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 we want you only to play on Sony and and this is kind of that same thing I think in that they they think that their state of play they think that they're they're 
they think that they're bigger than they actually are. And mm. right now, it's it's we're in a really interesting time frame because it's so hard to find both of those consoles, the Xbox One X or One. Uh, right, it's the One X Series X and Series, Series X. S and the and the um, and the PlayStation Five. Oh. It's it's so difficult to find both of those that there is no there is no conversation of like who's winning right now because you just mm-hmm. can't you don't like it's it's mm-hmm. Nintendo because they have the product to put out there that's like the main reason. It, it, uh, one one more thing before I hand it over to you, Dan. They're closing a lot of their Japanese studios and they believe Sony has now a belief that their business is going to be in the West. So if Naughty Dog, if uh, Sucker Punch. Um, and all of the Western studios that Sony owns, if they're going to be making most of the games for PlayStation Five, and Nintendo already is dominated in Japan, what is Sony going? What presence Sony is going to have if it's going to only appeal to American uh, players and not everybody else around the world? So, Ed, it's interesting that you brought that up, and that's that story from this week that you're referring to. There is not one we we get to today in our news because it's not directly Nintendo related. But mm-hmm. there is a lot of drama happening at Sony right now with their content producers. And I got to ask you, Dan, do do you agree with this idea that they've got a little bit of hubris going on here? And is it a mistake for them to be missing E3? Yeah, so I got a lot of thoughts going on. Um, <laughs> Ed, two wrongs don't make a right. Like Sony <laughs> has, Sony has to be in this. Like this is a new format where we're doing everything online. Like mm-hmm. what is the, you know, I understand not going to the show itself and kind of saving your expenses that way. But when it's all online, what are you saving here? You know, like you're coming off as the company that's too arrogant to show up to something where we're all trying to celebrate gaming. And I just, I can't wrap my mind around why this is beneficial to them you know what i mean um yeah they can put out a state of play but put out the state of play with e3 um so that's what nintendo's doing with their direct probably exactly so it just i can't wrap my mind around this one yeah it's it's just i think sony like I said, this is because it's become an expectation because Sony's just not doing it anymore. You know, when they when they did their last one, they paid that money to build that whole stadium for to have that to have that presentation. And look how right. it turned out. They lost out a lot of money, and they were just like, "We're not going to do this again if this is what we're going to get out of it." Yeah. So but, that's well, yeah. So oh, go ahead, Jacob. I'm gonna, I'm going to jump in on the last word here because we got a lot of other news yes. to get to. I, but I, I what do, I will just I, say, I have a couple more thoughts on this. Thing. All right, all right, Dan. <laughs> We'll, get it, we'll kick it over to you because you've gotten the least amount of time to talk. So go ahead, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, yes. And you guys are missing the low-hanging fruit out of predictions. <laughs> the Switch Pro is coming, you guys. That's <laughs> Like, come on. That one is so easy. How did you miss it? Okay, David, go ahead. Can, can I Jacob, did you have one more quick thought, Jacob? Uh, you look was, like you were about to say. It was, just, uh, it was just that, you know, add to your point of that they, they – spent all that money to build the stadium to dan's point they don't have to spend money on this they can just put a they can just take a time mm-hmm. slot they're not charging I, people for that I, like I, well they might be I, but i don't i don't know that for i sure, completely but. i completely agree but that that's sunny uh only prediction that i have i have for this i want to see hopefully we see breath of the wild 2 and metroid prime 4 and bayonetta 3 like i think they're oh, going to come with three heavy hitters um and possibility, just the possibility, we may see uh, uh, F-Zero on Switch. We, definitely when we get to one of the news stories, because if we see that, 
that will recharge and re-energize a lot of people and the possibility sell more switches because a lot of people have been wanting the F- F-Zero series to come back. All right. Well, last last word on this segment. Uh, first of all, Ed, if they, if they come with Bayonetta, Metroid Prime and uh, Breath of the Wild 2. They, I mean, it's curtains, right? Like that. That's it. They are gonna be. They're gonna own the show. Uh, I can see two of those three. I, I'm still thinking it's a little bit early for Metroid Prime 4, but w- we'll see. Um, as far as your point about PlayStation, though, or Sony, um, you know, I, I do think there's some legit- legitimacy to what you're saying, Ed. That if they don't have anything to show going and being embarrassed again is not going to be good for their business. But I also think that's a pretty bad indictment of Sony then if they still don't have games to show at this point. Um, and if they're going to have a state of play later, then that's just inexcusable not to be a part of the, you know, the E3 uh, show. But that's, yeah, it, that's my two cents on that. We, we got to keep it moving here, guys. So our next story, uh, lots of news to get to this week. Pac-Man 99 comes to Nintendo Switch Online, and this is from Boss Rush Games, our own Dan Murphy story, which you can check out at BossRushGames.com. He wrote a fantastic guide to playing Pac-Man 99. Uh, In the wake of Mario's death on March 31st, (laughs) Nintendo gave us a huge surprise with Pac-Man 99, a Battle Royale-style game with everyone's favorite retro icon, Pac-Man. The game was released on April 7, and it is free to download with a Nintendo Switch Online subscription. If you're familiar with Tetris 99 and the late Mario 35, then you probably already have an idea of what this game is going to be like. You play Pac-Man against 98 other players. Just like the arcade version of Pac-Man, you need to eat the large pellets called power pellets to make the ghosts edible. When you eat ghosts, white Pac-Man called jammers will start popping up on the boards of the players that you're targeting. Pac-Man 99 is available on the Nintendo eShop right now for free with a paid DLC. Were you all surprised that Nintendo just dropped this on us? What are your impressions of the game and any other 99-style games that you'd like to see come to Switch? Dan, we're going to give you first word on this. What do you think, Dan? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a big surprise. I I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, did they have any information or hint at this at all? Because No. Yeah, like I, it came out of nowhere, and um, like when I heard of it, I was like, "Wow, this is actually an amazing idea!" And um, I've been loving it. It's pretty much all I've been playing since it came out. Because you know, the first day it came out, everybody was kind of new to it and figuring it out. There are four new power ups on it where you can do well standard, uh, which is you know, no power-ups, but you have, like, the stronger power-up, which actually mm-hmm. sends more jammers to other people, but it takes away a little bit of your speed permanently. Then you also have the train power-up, which sends more jam- double jammers for sleeping ghosts. And then you have the speed power-up, which actually makes your character go faster. So it's been really fun learning how to strategize using these power-ups. Um I did a podcast as well with uh, David Howe from the Switch Heads because he's been very into this and we kind of go way more in depth on our strategies and the uh, game itself. So you can check that out at uh, Switch Heads on Twitter. Um, But man, I'm loving this game. It's really good. And for, for the strategy of it, it's really funny because it's such a fast paced game, but you have to kill a lot of time. (laughs) so like that's also been kind of a strategy towards the end of it and uh you know for your question david 
uh, any other 99 games? Ugh. I don't know, because I didn't really like Mario 35. I I couldn't get really? into it. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I you know, and I tried and I just couldn't get into it. I love Tetris 99. I haven't won. Um <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I think I don't know what would be another one. Maybe like Galaga, like what that uh arcade shooting game. That would mm-hmm. be a cool mm-hmm. thing to do too. Um yeah, so that's it for me. Well, I'm actually going to jump in on this one. Uh, I I was surprised, but not too surprised, just because Nintendo likes to drop big surprises on us. And I think that's one of the things about being a Nintendo fan that's so much fun, is you really just never know what they're going to do because they're so tight-lipped about stuff. Um, I would absolutely go bonkers if they dropped a Four Swords-style Zelda 99 uh for the 35th anniversary that would can, be so fun can i can i can um, i, can I say that, that go go for it uh i can i say i think when jacob was talking about for that direct that mm-hmm. would be in it that's going to be the one that they show well, I think it, I mean, I think it'd be great because you you could change up all the formations that the four links get in to have different attack strategies. And then as you kill enemies, they just send them to other screens. You could get the the, the force gems to have power ups. I mean, I think it's really the style of game that would work well for something like that. And I think it would be just a ton of fun as a limited run thing. Uh, all right, Jacob, uh, you're up next. Any surprises on the Pac-Man 99? Any other 99 style games you'd want to see? Uh, what are your thoughts on this story? The the thing that made me happiest about this was that it was a surprise. There's so much, there's always leaking going on in games or rumors, which end up being leaks. And it was just really nice to have something announced and released before anyone could talk about it or hint at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not good at Pac-Man. I'm real bad at Pac-Man. <laughs> I, I've made it to the highest I've made it is like 50th or 53 or something. Like it, I'm terrible at it. I should absolutely read Dan's guide and listen to that podcast because I'm <laughs> real bad. So I like for me personally, it wasn't that exciting. The idea of a Zelda 99 with like four sword style combat intrigues me. Are you thinking like one player controlling four like like that or yeah. with the formations? Okay. Uh, that would be really cool. I do think that I think that like a Kirby game would be more suited for this because you it, it could be based off of like you know, everyone start like power ups might be like randomized, and there might be like a mm-hmm. give and take of like, oh well, if I eat this power up, I will be stronger because some power ups are better. But then it'll go to the people that I'm targeting, so like they can mm-hmm. get it too, and that sort of thing. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. But overall, the biggest, the the coolest thing about this is just that we got a surprise that we it, it wasn't something that we knew about at all like i don't even i can't even imagine like the deepest parts of the internet were like yo pac-man thing. <laughs> yeah like nobody, nobody saw this coming japan didn't even know about it yeah like i i honestly wouldn't be surprised if nintendo of america work employees woke up and they were like well wait what like <laughs> and they had to like scramble to to make it the announcement on their side like it was it was nuts um so that's the coolest thing about this, because like that that is something that I really miss from the pre-internet days of just like getting mm-hmm. surprised about things. Ed, you have the last word on this for us. So um, I 
I didn't know nothing about this. I didn't expect anything. I I didn't even know they they was going to replace Mario 35. I thought we would just be like, okay, we're back to Tetris 99 and everything. And they were like, nope, we got something back up to replace it. Here you go. And I, I feel like this is going to be a current thing that we'll still mm-hmm. have Tetris, but then different games was going to be over it. Um, so uh, the thing, the what I would like to see, there's three games. So please forgive me. Um, Excite Bike, I would love to see S99. Oh, yes. Oh, that's such a good idea. Outrun from Sega 99, I would love to see. And last but not least, R Type, I would love to see S99. You only get one life. And if you lose, all your mm-hmm. power ups go, go to separate people. So you have a chance to. You know, if someone dies, you might get their power up. And, and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Uh, I could see those three being 99. Uh, Ed, those are fantastic ideas. I, I Especially the Excite Bike, man. That one makes me so excited. Jacob, you look like you had one more thing to say as Ed was talking there. Sorry, yeah. So Ed reminded me, other than Mario, which was Mario 35, there is not a Nintendo 99 thing. It's all mm-hmm. third parties. It's Tetris and, mm-hmm. and Pac-Man, which makes me like the idea of uh, R-Type 99 gets really cool. Or then like maybe Contra 99, where it's just like, Ooh. like that could be insane. But that also is very interesting. I, I didn't realize that. Like it never crossed my mind that they haven't put their IPs into this 99 idea. <laughs> Because of you remember those mini games with the NES classic, not NES classics, the NES thing that came to 3DS and we NES where NES remix. Nintendo has a chance to bring that out as a collection and make a part three. Mm. So they probably would be like, you know what, we could do this and sell and make a profit instead of doing a 99. Well, I think Ninja Gaiden '99 would be the hardest game of all time. <laughs> that I do not would be want just to deal evil. With that ego at all. Oh no! All right. Uh, so speaking of IPs, Nintendo is working on producing new IPs. This, according to Nikkei, uh, a journal out, out of Japan, there, um, and this came via NintendoEverything.com, who translated the interview. So speaking with Nikkei, Nintendo president uh, Shuntaro. Furukawa was asked about what's next for Animal Crossing fans. And in that article, his response, he said, quote, as we spend more time in our homes, we are becoming increasingly spoiled for a chance when it comes uh, for a choice when it comes to entertainment. For people to choose to play our games with their limited free time, the games must be interesting. Competition is fierce and we're not looking at the current situation lightly. We are constantly looking for new ideas and researching what we can utilize next. In the future, we want not only work on our staple series like Mario and Zelda, but also work on new games and new series. Regarding the calls for a new Switch model, we're constantly thinking about ideas for new consoles, but many ideas simply aren't feasible because of our costs or limitations in technology. We devote a lot of resources into developing technology in case of any of these ideas become feasible in the future. So for consideration, uh, has any have any of the current Nintendo IPs grown stale? An idea I know that you recently explored, Ed, um, in uh, a Boss Rush banter piece that you wrote. Um, what does this mean if it's true that they're moving on to new IPs? What does this mean for lesser IPs that have gotten pretty much ignored from the company, like F-Zero, Star Fox, Kid Icarus, and Mother? 
Uh, Jacob, I'll give you first word on this story. What are your thoughts? Uh, circle back around to me, actually. Okay, no problem. Um, Ed? Um, this is good because we got stuff like Good Job. You know, a, a little small kind of indie style feel, which was completely fun. Um, we got the one puzzle thing with the square. Uh, the square. Not, why can I not think of it? Um, that people love. That was on 3DS. That came to console. I I think it's good that Nintendo focused on small small games while still thinking of new IPs to bring to their systems. Um, because it just expands their library of games and their creativity um i don't think their old games are getting still because they try something new they try different art styles they try different techniques to see what works or not like look at breath of the wild you know nintendo working with unreal and how they figure that not only is this game uh action adventure role-playing game but it's pretty much a scientific physics game and stuff. So they're going to work, still be working on their well-known IPs and bringing new and new ideas, while still trying to f- bring in uh, cr- new like franchises that they could get into. Look out, Splatoon. Splatoon is a perfect example on how that would have been a concern for a lot of people. And look at how it's turned out. It was going on their third game that people are excited mm-hmm. to see. So and I think that this third is a- one looks big too. Yes, so I'm excited to see what they bring, and I think people are willing to support them with these new games. Dan, we've talked a lot about how great Nintendo IPs are. What do you make of this idea that we might get a a, a few new IPs for Nintendo? Um, This is no surprise to me, considering how much port fatigue I have over the last (laughs) couple of years. I feel like Nintendo has been like just beating a dead horse with port after port after port after port. Um, So I feel like they have to have something brewing with new IPs. Um, And when they do have new IPs, they give so much love to it. So yeah, give me some new IPs. Give me something good. I'll play it. um, And I'm excited for it. You didn't seem to mind the uh, story that leaked earlier this week about possible Fire Emblem ports, though. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, it it doesn't excite me, though. You know what I mean? It was like, I think the only port I really got excited about was like 3D World and Xenoblade uh, Definitive Edition. But like all the other ones, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's great. Like, I'll I'll buy them. I'll play them. I mean, I'm always giving Nintendo my money, so why stop here? (laughs) But, uh, you know, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, Path of Radiance, this is the best game ever. I I really want to see something new and exciting from them, because I already know what I'm getting from Path Path of Radiance and Path of Dawn. And David, and, mm-hmm. um, the Famicom Detective Agency, games that was released in Japan that never came to America, that's getting mm-hmm. a new look, has a chance to come out here to America for us to experience. Like, Nintendo even got some IPs that we have. I would love to have Captain Rainbow here in America. Mm. You know, and they still got IPs that have not been released that they could update and bring to America. Well, Jacob, I got to get you in on this. I know that you're somebody who's advocated for Kid Icarus on multiple occasions. Uh, Does this make you less optimistic then to to hear something like this, that Nintendo is going to be investing resources into new IPs and and not necessarily their their older, more loved franchises? So no, Um, this I actually I wanted to go last on this because I actually have a really cynical viewpoint of this. When I saw this, I was kind of like, 
Who cares? That's not news. They always do that because they we had our right at the launch of launch of Switch. We had arms like like Ed said. We brought in. We had Splatoon. We had part time job. We had uh, the little. This isn't. This is more of a second party, but the little uh, UFO capture game from Hal. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they always do new IPs. The problem that I think that a lot of people don't realize is that most of their new IPs aren't the next Mario and Zelda like yeah but they they're not you know everyone there's always this conversation of like oh well they all they you know they have mario zelda kirby metroid yoshi like in the that's it and like the spinoffs like mario kart and things like that but like in reality they've been making new ips quite a lot there was um um again i think it was a second party but uh, the the armadillo guy on the 3ds yeah dylan dylan's rolling western i think that's what it was maybe yes um like that they they do this a lot and they, they just don't always hit home for everybody so this mm-hmm. is like i don't think anything else is going anywhere I, I i still think that they need to invest in my million dollar idea of kid icarus meets dark souls but um but yeah like i was just kind of like this isn't news who why would anyone write about this why would anyone ask this of 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 him like who yeah are that's almost like asking a similar question in this of are y'all working on a new console duh like yeah obviously (laughs) well let me let me play devil's advocacy here for a minute because i i think and i i largely agree with what you're saying jacob i think there's two reasons that people are maybe reading into this and thinking new ip along the lines of mario or zelda like you're, you're just saying um it's one he went into this unprompted when asked about what was next for animal crossing fans right so animal crossing is i mean it's not new but it's it's new to being the big ip for nintendo right um and on top of that, in that same sentence, and we could this could just be a victim of the translation here, but he, you know, he says, we want to work on our staple series like Mario and Zelda, but also on new series. So it seems to put, you know, on par whatever these new series are with Mario and Zelda. But whether that's just a product of the language translation and and maybe like you're saying, it's just less RIPs. So so even like within that, the uh, I kind of find it interesting that like even while you were reading it, you skipped over it. It's new games and new series. New games could mean mm-hmm. older IPs. We don't know what it means. Like it, they're just working on stuff, man. Like it. Yeah. Not, I feel like I. I feel like I'm coming off like I'm attacking the three of y'all specifically no, no, no. for y'all's opinions or anyone. <laughs> but but, it's but just what like... new IPs have we seen on the Switch though? You know what I mean? Like Clubhouse Games worldwide. <laughs> That's and that's not even a new IP. That that was on the DS. Those games but, were on um, the DS a lot. I didn't even know that. Uh, like yeah. I, we haven't really seen anything new. Well, that's what Astral I'm saying. Is like we had Arms, I mean, we had Astral Chain, we had Chain. Um, Arms and Astral the UFO Chain. game, we had Part Time Job, we had the the Good Stretchers job. game. Good job, yeah. Um, we had the if y'all remember like after Overcooked was so hyped, we had that moving uh, not moving out. It was like a Stretchers thing where like you were like an ER mm. team trying to get yes. like they do they do stuff all the time it's just people don't notice it because it's mm-hmm. not zelda and mario it's not like the big thing it's not like this super exciting thing but they do it all the time well hmm. i think that i think the thing about it is that nintendo right now in the industry is the only ones that are doing new ips are willing to check take chances and do something different from a from a major company everybody else if we're looking for new ips it's mostly an indie game 
which you know ghost of tsushima just was the best game of the it was pretty much the game of the year last year <laughs> like that was that's a new ip yeah um, and, and it took a while for sucker punch because we didn't know what sucker punch was doing after the infamous second son and their yeah. dlc all right well we got to go on to our final story here so this is from John uh, Frasia out of NintendoEnthusiast.com. Switch hardware shortage is possible later this year, says Furukawa. In an interview, so the same interview with Nikkei, re- um, <clears throat> relevant translations by VGC, Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa discussed Nintendo Switch hardware production. He explained that while manufacturing is currently fit to meet demand, another Switch hardware shortage could occur later in the year if current intense demand continues. Quote, we have been able to secure the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for the switches, said Furukawa. However, in Japan and other countries, demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future he added that it was difficult to state how nintendo would handle such a switch shortage and satisfy orders that have been placed so dan i'd like to start with you but for the whole panel what are your reactions to this news is this an indication of just how successful nintendo has been at selling the switch or is it actually a cause for concern and how might this affect the rumored switch pro um i mean could it be directly a product of the Switch Pro coming out, you know, where they're focusing all their efforts into putting out this new product, seeing how, you know, the Sony and Microsoft systems have been having a really hard time to sell. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what's going on in the world with like graphics cards and these chips that are having a hard time manufactured. So I'm going to defer to Jacob on that stuff, but um. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for this story. All right, Jacob, your name's been invoked there. What are your reactions to the story? Yeah, so I actually feel like a little bit of an insider on this because I work, I'm, I'm a process engineer and technician for a contract manufacturer, and we, our own company, which has nothing to do with gaming, um, have seen, like, have a lot of weird uh, back orders and delays on parts and just things like that. Um, so I've actually kind of seen this coming for a while and it's going to end up coming for everything. Like, like you'll continue to see a shortage of PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that Nintendo's getting there as well, because like things that are normally readily available in the hundreds of thousands are becoming Mm -hmm. very hard to find. Um, and I'm not sure if it's due to COVID or due to some other something happening in the world, but it, I don't think that this has anything to do with Nintendo's success or failure or with their planning. I think it literally is just down to the people that manufacture, the companies that manufacture these parts that are required on, on these circuit boards that are in the Switch, that are in the dock, things like that, that it's it's just becoming harder for them to keep up with demand. It's becoming harder for them to keep up with 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 supplying out these, these parts. And so it's just kind of a, the natural ebb and flow of it. So, so based on that answer, then, uh, Jacob, let me reframe this for you, Ed. You know, you've been somebody who's been pretty critical of Sony and Microsoft to a lesser extent for a lack of availability with their hardware and software. Uh, Nintendo's largely steered clear of having these kinds of supply issues in spite 
of selling the most consoles by a mile. Um, what are your reactions to this idea that there could now be a shortage? And what do you see being behind that? Is that uh, potentially signaling an end to Nintendo's dominance in sales if they have some of these same kinds of issues? What are your thoughts on this story? Well, I, I don't think it's going to hinder their dominance in sales. Um, right now, I think they're they're pretty fine. And because <laughs> their, their stuff is custom made, in a sense, um, it... it I think they'll be they'll be okay um, because like for like they still have the light so maybe not all the components that's in the original mm. Switch, mm. excuse me, that may be in the light they could still sell systems through the light. Um, but uh, uh, Jacob, you said you got something to say. Where? Oh well, I I I, oh. I was just gonna. Uh, you go ahead and finish your thought, Ed. You go ahead. And no, no, go ahead. Thought. Go ahead. Well, so. I, I kind of, uh, again, with, with my knowledge from being inside this sort of manufacturing industry, um, I, I think it mostly just has has to do with the fact that Nintendo buys stuff from the previous generation. They build the reason Nintendo's console is not as powerful is because they're using older things. They're using stuff that has had stock for a long time and mm-hmm. has, has had repeated stock. And again, as part of that, as part of that process of, because you can't find one part, you have to kind of move to an alternate. That stock might be getting bought up now for other reasons that maybe people weren't going to it previously. That's a possibility. Um, but that that plays a big part in it, is that because they don't use the newest, hottest thing, they can find stock readily available of their of those parts that they need. So Jacob, that's a typically oh, go like- ahead. So is it typically like a um, like a graphics card or something like that that's been going out of stock? What what specifically have you seen that's like causing this? Well, so Nintendo's manufacturing company builds everything from the ground up, right? So like okay. it, they don't they they use they you 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 hear people talking about like oh well they're using this this processor they're using this graphics card but like they still have to build the rest of the board they still have to put capacitors and ics and Mm -hmm. and um uh, resistors and every everything everything that that goes into making a board and whatever they need it to do um but that like i said that that eventually you run into a stock issue with how how that market has been but like they're not they're not buying specific like they're not buying like how you would think you go out to buy get build a computer right like you you buy yes. the finished product but the main contract manufacturer builds that motherboard they build that graphics card and that's that's what they're that's where they're running into issues which then in turn falls to the customer in those cases where it's like well I can't buy this graphics card for my computer because the manufacturer of it can't build it quick enough mm-hmm. gotcha and. Well, Jacob, we gotta, we're going to begin wrapping it up here. But Jacob, I, I think that's a good point for us to end on is something to think about that in a way, Nintendo's commitment to games, game experience first over hardware has actually uniquely enabled it to be successful during this pandemic in a way that Microsoft and Sony haven't. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. Uh, the, la- um, the last thing I have to say, if they do end up getting a shortage, it's going to probably be from E3. And it's probably going to... If E3 is very successful for Nintendo, the fall and the winter is going to be the problem probably for them because of Christmas and people are buying up uh, the systems if PS5 and Series X are still hard to find. Um, I think that's when probably the shortage thing will uh, get put into play. Now, if a Pro does come out, 
I think the Pro would save it, but it's going to be ready to see how the rest of the year that Nintendo does. And Ed, Ed makes a great point. Like, he wouldn't, like, similar to what you said, uh, David, is he wouldn't just say this off of an Animal Crossing question without some sort of idea in his head behind the mm-hmm. scenes. Um, so I, I do think that, that what that speaks more to is that they know they have big announcements to make. And so they are kind of getting, they're slowly building PR to say like, hey, we've got these big announcements that may come at a detriment to some of y'all though, because we won't be able to get mm-hmm. new people out. And it's almost like kind of kind of sneakingly being like, if you want to switch, buy it now. Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. That is the Nintendo way. Well, thank you, uh, panel, for a great discussion. That is the end of our family news segment. So, Ed, I'm going to go ahead and hand it back over to you. Take it away, Ed. All right, everybody. It's time for our doc mode. With a lot of games out in the world, there are characters who seem to have a job or title they work or they're known for. For example, Mario Luigi are plumbers. Samus is a body hunter. Kirby is... Um, what is this job? <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a discussion on what jobs would we love to have or have been influenced uh, by because of that game. So, for example, you know, Professor, um, not Professor Nader, I'm sorry, uh, Phoenix Wright, he is a lawyer. And if you like the Phoenix Wright game, maybe, you know, solving clues and stuff may have you become a lawyer or a detective. And so that game influenced you to get into that field and stuff. So we're going to have a discussion uh, about that. Um, so I'm going to actually start with you, Jacob, because your uh, profession is, um, like you said, in uh, computer parts and, you know, making them and stuff. Um, has there been a game that you played that influenced you to get into that possession? I mean, profession or like has there been a game that you just like i wish i could make this uh or something like that uh no not really um i mean i guess like my overall desire to solve problems kind of gets into that because again it's like contract contract manufacturing and engineering is is a little different than like design engineering um Mm -hmm. so it's my idea is more of my my job is more of like solving problems that come with the inevitable issue of building these things and and streamlining that process and i do i will say that like while i don't play them much anymore although that's not true so my my common thread in video games is that i try to find the most efficient path to get to my goal and sometimes that does include like sidetracking a lot because of quests, but like that's part of that goal, right? Is completing all Mm -hmm. the quests in the game. And I don't like wasting a whole lot of time um, in, in games like that, especially in single player games. I'm like breath of the wild is often touted as like, Oh, sometimes I'll just log into that game and run around. And I'm like, no, I don't. I I love that game so much. I'm happy to spend my time in that world. If I have something to do, if I don't have anything to do, count me out. I'm moving on to the next thing. Um, but as far as like like what a what type of dream job I'd like, I think Kirby would be a great job, man. You'd be like a professional food taster. Like, <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of what he does. But no, there's there's no specific thing that I've been been like influenced by. I think. All right. What about you, Dad? Uh, so thinking about this, I was like, 
I probably have two different moods for what kind of job I want in uh, out of some video game characters. So one of them I was thinking, when I have a lot of energy, I think I would like to be Nate Drake and just be a <laughs> basically a treasure hunter. Um, I mean, Uncharted is like the coolest games. You see the coolest landscapes and go to like the coolest areas. I think that would be an absolute blast. And then, uh, you know, with my current job, that's just been, <laughs> you know, it's fast paced and burns me out a lot. I'm like, you know what? Maybe Isabel from Animal Crossing would be a nice job yes. <laughs> where I can yes. hang out on an island and have a good day every day and look for my sock and tell people that there's a meteor shower. Like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> How many times right. can you what, fall, what? For the, uh, fall for the plot twist, though, Dan? Um, if I was in her position, every single day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, David? Uh... Well, I have three. Uh, Dan definitely took one of mine, so I was going to say Tom Nook from Animal Crossing, <laughs> mostly because, uh, as you know, I'm usually drinking a cup of coffee when you see me and uh, also staying up all night. And so Tom Nook and I are on the same page with that. Uh, other ones. Downdoors collecting money from Broccolo. <laughs> and... Okay, yeah. well, I'm not a. <laughs> I don't yeah. see you doing that, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there is. He is a, a bit of a lone shark. Um, so the two other ones that come to mind for me, Toad's Treasure Tracker. Uh, I think you know he's sort of a less than imposing presence, but yet always goes to these fun areas, and you know he can't really jump. Uh, you know, so he would be one. And then the last one, the one that everybody loves to rag on, and I just love, is Ordon Goat Herding from Twilight Princess. Everybody's least favorite tutorial to start that game that lasts like an hour where you herd goats. I love that. I've never been bothered by that start of Twilight Princess, and I could be happy living in Ordon herding goats. All right. Uh, for me, I kind of would love to be like a manager or creator because of Roller Coaster Tycoon. Especially Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. As a kid, I loved drawing roller coasters. And so when that game came out, I got ex I was just like, oh, I can make my own roller coaster and everything. And then 3 came out and I had this open sandbox where I could just make as many roller coasters that I want. And trying to manage the people who could come in, the timing of everything. And uh, like that would be my dream job to be like, even though this is considered as science and gravity and I have to learn a lot of stuff, I would just love to have like one of my roller coasters in somebody's theme park and everything. Um, other, the other side of that, though, I would like to be Dante from uh, <laughs> Devil May Cry and be this hunter with this sword, like have these demonic powers and just be able to kick tails and just be fast and stuff, you know, and, and make these quirky, smug things, but know that I could kill these enemies with just like with ease and stuff like I would I, I can't it's very weird you know as a good boy that I am I would love to have that kind of job also um with it I think if, if I had to do a Nintendo job though like a Nintendo character I think I would be like Samus a bounty hunter because mm -hmm. fighting all of these powers um being able to search all of these areas and get all of this information but like be able to fight all of these monsters and everything, especially 
playing Metroid Other M gets me hyped because of how fast she moves and she dodges and stuff. And I would just love to have that energy uh, and be that kind of body hunter uh, with it. Is there jobs that you guys do not want because of a video game? So I just thought of this from the bounty hunter thing that Ed said. I don't know if y'all played it on the 3DS, but there was a there was a rhythm game called Weapon Shop de Omase. Y'all remember that? So no. this game, <laughs> this is this is exactly where I want to be. This game is a rhythm game for the 3DS where you aren't the adventurer. You're actually the shop clerk that runs the blacksmith and builds the weapons for the adventurers. So you have it. You have like the classic RPG adventures coming in, and they're like, "Oh, we're going out to do this," and then you have to, to, to the rhythm, bang out a sword or a shield or whatever armor or whatever they need. I, I like. I think that'd be so much fun, not to be the actual adventurer that risks their life, but just to like hear all those stories and and make the armor that they use and stuff. That'd be really cool. Um. Before I get into mine, quick shout out to Mad Pharmacist in the chat. She says not to be cliche but Lara Croft is one I'd want to be just travel explore and kick ass <laughs> so that's a good one um one job I would not want is to be the um the blacksmith in Monster Hunter like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean dude you are just like banging on scales all day like you just make a guy armor he goes on a quest and comes back and he's like make me this like it's just never ending and then you kind of worry about you know other monsters coming for you because you're making armor with their scales Absolutely. That <laughs> so, or the, the bunny dongo lady that just never stops cooking <laughs> uh, what about you david well, I was trying to think of less <laughs> dark ones, but the ones that always come to mind for me, you know, I'm a sucker for any good aliens game. And, uh, you know, those poor scientists in the alien franchise, they always think that they've got things under control and inevitably one of the xenomorphs gets out and it's, it's no good for them. So, uh, yeah, probably a, a, any scientist that works for Whalen yutani Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I would not want to be Princess Peach. Getting kidnapped, being stuck in with the ca the castle with the Koopas and, and and everything, and having the way that I have to run, I gotta lift my dress to float. Oh, no, I don't want to be doing that. But that's not that. her job to get kidnapped. <laughs> but it kind of is. I mean, but as she's, I mean, but she's running the kingdom, and, and every every time that a Mario game comes out, and she's in it, she's always getting kidnapped, or something's always happening to her, and everything. And I'm just like, I, that's the if I was king and there was a Mrs. Koopa, I wouldn't want that. But yeah, I, I, I mean, just think of her ugly hairstyle on my head, on the way that I look <laughs> in a pink dress and stuff. Like, no, that that. That would not be that needs anything. to be our first shirt for Power Block. <laughs> you know what? And wearing Peach's wig. <laughs> there is a Mario Kart game that Nelco did and for the arcade. And your face was in Mario characters. And so my friend, who was this real bearded guy, he had Princess Peach. And so you got the uh her regular hairstyle with all of this hair and stuff, and it looks hilarious. Oh yeah, um, sure. On and stuff. Uh, so that's the yeah. I couldn't. I could end Max Payne. I wouldn't want his job because of 
you know, losing his wife and all the drugs and drinking that he did, I know that wouldn't be me. Um, and but and still be able to be like, how are you surviving after all the stuff that you have endured? Like I, I couldn't do that. Um, what, what? Uh, okay. So for our last part of the stock mode, um, what job would you like to see in a video game? So I'm going to start with you, David. Oh man, put me on the spot with that one. Um, you know, I feel like all the exciting jobs are already in games. Um, but I do think, you know, Nintendo is kind of, they're really great with their, you know, their indie games and whatnot that uh, Mm -hmm. have everyday jobs that are somehow still fun, like being a yoga instructor or cooking mama and cooking. So, um, I guess it would have to be something that would be in every, maybe like a delivery truck driver or something. And, and you have to get around the city and deliver packages in a certain amount of time. And, you know, wonky stuff happens in your day. I, I, maybe something like that. Uh, what about you, Jacob? I'm trying to think of something that like hasn't been in a game already. And I can't, I can't think. Cause like my immediate thought was like, I'd like to see them make a game based off of a janitor, but they did. It's called Serial Cleaner, and then there's like uh, I Roomba. I think is it like you literally play as a Roomba? Like, what? You know, okay. You know what might be kind of cool? They they just put out a game that kinda is a play on this uh, called Kill It with Fire, where you have to kill spiders. I think it'd be kind of cool to have like. Uh, uh, an RPG style game where you are an exterminator mm-hmm. and like you have to you have to like actually crawl under the house and like and they could even give it like make it go get all crazy and be like oh now this today I'm exterminating the the alien ship you know <laughs> like but like it's I, I think that might be kind of interesting to see turned into a game all right what about you Dan? Um, this is a tough question. I was thinking of like even something as simple as like a a pizza guy. And I was like, oh, maybe you could go through like obstacles and stuff like that, trying to get your pizza. But then we're just playing Paperboy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I, I really just can't come up with anything. Um, maybe one like cool idea would be, um, almost like, like a, uh, just like building a computer simulator, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I know nothing about computers or laptops or anything like that. And that would be kind of cool to just like have some sort of thing where I can quasi learn about so what's that, in a computer some way. It's interesting and Jacob that you mentioned that because that's a thing. Yeah, this exists. That's okay, what, cool. Yeah. And then the other thing Edgy I was going to say was like, uh, a, a pilot, but then there's flight simulator. So I'm out. This is like Simpsons yeah. did it. Simpsons have already done everything. Like that, that's <laughs> I don't why know I how to like, come up with the cool job. That's why I was like, I don't, I can't think of anything. Like I can't think of anything that there might, there's not already a game somewhere out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, for me, I would like to be a person who does sign language with my silent protagonist. And so I, when I, while we're on a journey, like even though he can't hear everybody read it, the reason why he's silent is because he's deaf and you're sign language everything to him. Um, so when you get, even when you get into battle, uh, you are his partner and 
your you have magical sign language things, so you do it to help them cast fire or something like that in everything. Yeah. So that could work that with be, like the connect. That would be cool if there was a reason for a silent protagonist. Like, I hate the main character in <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven because, like, you basically forget that the character is there, even though the entire story just revolves around this character. Like, silent protagonists just don't make sense in a lot of games, and that would actually make sense and like be unique and a cool aspect of it. And, uh, my last one is. Um, you teach uh, you're a karate master who actually teaches Ryu and Ken and Sagat and and, and Scorpion like you teach them more, uh, street fighter skills or fighting game skills and stuff um, so if you want to be like I'm a warrior in Tekken and well you have to you're a master who got to teach them and everything and do the input controls and stuff I kind of I kind of would like to see that job it, as weird and wacky that it is I would love to see that. Um, but everybody, we want to know what you guys, what kind of dream job that you have, were you influenced by video games to have that kind of job from a character? And what kind of job that you don't want to see in games or you would like to see in games? You can hit us up on our Discord at Nintendo Podblock and hit us up on Twitter at Podblock Podcast. Um, but everybody, we're going to get with Playing With Power. David. What have you been playing with Power? I've been getting farther on Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. So I've been yes. playing a lot of that. I finally got past a few parts that I was stuck on. I had to just grind for a while and level up. <laughs> um, but I'm really, I, I'm totally back in it and hooked. Uh, so that hopefully will be the next game that I roll credits on. I'm trying really hard to finish Spirit Tracks. It's not my favorite uh, of the Zelda games, but it's one that I have to check off my list. And i uh, also been continuing to play Gree and taking notes on that and getting ready to write an article about that. So those are probably the big three, uh, along with just, you know, my daily Fortnite with kids, with my kids. Have you, so. have you never played Spirit Tracks before this? I've tried multiple times to get through it, and I've never been able to bring... I've restarted it, you know, wow. half a dozen times. So this time I'm getting through it. I mean, one of the times I went through it, I literally broke my Switch trying to get the... Or not my Switch, my 3S trying to get the stupid spirit flute to work, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. Uh, Jacob, what have you been playing outside of Muscle Hunter? <laughs> All right, so, uh, Ed, what have you been playing... <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm almost to 180 hours in Monster Hunter, guys. Oh my like, goodness! I, I don't know if that's so. I after last week's podcast when David talked about playing Gris, Becca, uh, my girlfriend who was on the podcast last week to do the Zelda rankings, um, she has been like. I, I was like, oh, I haven't played Gris yet. And she's, she was like, you have to play Gris. And it seems like everyone that I've talked to that has played it has said the same, that you have to play Gris, especially because I, I like Celeste. I like, um, I, I like, uh, I, I actually didn't really care for Journey all that much, but um, Journey was a cool concept on the PlayStation 3, I think. Um, so I, this Saturday or this Sunday, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down on stream. I'm going to play Gris. And I've been told that I can beat it in like six to eight hours if I if I just like go at it. 
Um, so that's what I'm going to do. And then it's, I woke up Sunday morning and was like, yeah, but I could play Monster Hunter. And <laughs> so was, I, I, I'm not I, – eventually I'm going to hit a point in Monster Hunter where I'm like – I can start stepping away a little bit and like play some other games, right? But like, it that's it's gonna be a while. So it, just Monster Hunter, man. I I do have this great idea because I do want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, if you don't know, Camellios, uh, the Elder Dragon, is gonna be coming in with the April update along with Apex Rathalos and some other dragons. They're also going to be unlocking the Hunter rank cap, which right now you're capped at seven. Dropping it this week or is it next week? I think it's next week. I think it's the third okay. week of April. Okay. Um, so, I I think it'd be really cool. They're I don't think they're gonna do this, but Camellios' big shtick is that it's it's a chameleon, so it can become invisible. I think it would be really really cool if Capcom did a patch that put Camellios in the game, but only as a as a um, like an event monster where when you, so when you go out on hunt sometimes there's a chance for there to be a monster that's like way more powerful than what it should be um and i think it'd be really cool if capcom did this thing where like suddenly on your hunts all of them have these these uh, this extra monster but it's camellios but he never becomes un invisible so like you, you'll start getting whacked around and you just have no idea which i mean you do if you know what you're, if you know who Camellios is, but you could potentially hunt him before he actually gets released, released, but he stays invisible the whole time. So it'd be really, really hard. And that's like how they could introduce it in the game is like, Oh, there's this new monster. That's gonna, that's gonna, um, like we need to find more research about. So they could kind of lead up to that. I think that'd be really cool, but they're not, they're not going to do it. So, uh, okay. Dan, what have you been playing with Popper? So, Pac-Man 99 has pretty much been my main mainstay game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been playing a little bit of Monster Hunter. I played with Jacob on Saturday. He helped me out. Um, he helped me out get a couple of, couple of monsters, and then a couple of other friends that night got me to HR3. We beat Magnamalo. Um, man, that was a tough fight. Um, Congrats, and I've been man. doing some village... Yeah, thanks. I've been doing some village quests here and there. Um, it's still, you know, the game just still hasn't fully clicked with me yet, so I haven't been, like, really playing it too, too much. Um, and then, you know, Bravely Default 2, I really, really loved, and I still have the itch to play a JRPG. So Saga Frontier is coming out on Friday, and yes. I'm really excited for that. So I'm, like, trying to find something in between to just, like keep me busy and i started playing mario rabbit's kingdom again and this (laughs) is such a good game it is anybody who's listening to this that hasn't played it played it it's always on sale they're basically giving this game away just play the game it is so fun the strategy of it is so cool the story's fun um it's just it's a top five switch game in my opinion. And, you know, for playing it through three times to hundred percent completion, I am still loving every second of the game. Yes. Uh, so of course playing Master Hunter rise. Uh, I also, my friend helped me beat, uh, Magnum Malo. 
Uh, so I am at three. So uh, Dan, me and you probably at the same <laughs> right now. Uh, fade a little bit more, Brittany Default. I'm really going to spend some time this week um, playing that. Um, I picked up the game called What Comes After. And this is from the creators of... Uh, um, Coffee Talk. Oh, yeah, of Coffee Talk. And... Um, Man, the feelings, the stories, the emotions that this game has. Um, you could beat it within an hour, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and uh, not Jacob, uh, David. When you get done with Gree, uh, if you ever get a chance to get this game on sale, it's called The Gardens Between. Um, mm. You want, you might want to play that because you. I think you're going to like that one. It's like a puzzle style game where you move the world around, but the story and the music in that game. I think probably by the end you'll put the controller down and just be like, I need to write something about this. Mm. The Gardens Between. It's a fantastic game. Um, with it, and the I think it's a little dark in it, which is kind of surprising. It is. Yeah. But, but that ending. That ending hits. That <laughs> it end, hits it, hard. Exactly, and the credit music to that game. Oh, I uh, thank you, Dan, for playing this game. <laughs> so that was that was your challenge to me for 2021 to play that game. Okay, um, I still got to finish your game. Um, uh, what else did I play? Um, what comes between, What comes after? Um, Blaster Master Zero. Um, I, like I said, I finished. I'm still playing Blaster Master uh, Zero Two, trying to get ready for three. Um, Saga Frontier. Me and Dan talked about it, so it's already on my system. I just waiting for Friday to unrelease, and uh, I I think I I think it's time for me to jump in and start the Legend of Zelda Two. Yes, oh, excellent. Oh, wow, this so, is a big step. <clears throat> Yes, and, and I was waiting for my streaming equipment to come, but it's still not here yet. So I think I'm gonna jump in, and I'm not doing SP. I'm literally doing the original emulation one. Excellent. Ooh, Let me know. It's wow. it's the most underappreciated, over criticized Zelda game that there is. So <laughs> yes. no, it isn't. It was. It is proper. <laughs> it is very properly. <laughs> like ranked it, it deserves all the hate it gets <laughs> no ah, <laughs> so uh so i think it's time for me to start that um dan is getting me expired to play kingdom battle so i think i'm gonna start that from the beginning um and just yeah i i if they uh, David knows. David knows that I'm hoping for this. If we get that Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask collection, I am playing Majora's Mask. Like I'm fully playing playing it. I'm not gonna give up. David might get like at maybe two o'clock my time. David might be in the bed at twelve <laughs> o'clock and be like, I need help with this thing. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Uh, but I'm hoping for that to happen. But that's pretty much what I've been playing uh, with power. Uh, on Switch. And with that, everybody, that has been Nintendo Power Block. Uh, let's get into some quick plugs. Uh, Jacob, where can we find you? You can find me everywhere on the internet at Galatrad, especially on Twitch. I'm very close to 200 followers on Twitch, um, so I'm hoping, yes. to, I'm hoping to hit that pretty soon. Um, not sure if I'm going to be doing another giveaway in 24-hour stream. If I do, it'll be with... Uh, with Pokemon Snap coming out at the end of April. 
But, um, I mean, it, especially if you have any interest in Monster Hunter whatsoever, check out my stream. Check out me on Twitch because I that's all I stream right now. And that's all I will be streaming for a long time because I'm obsessed with Monster Hunter as a series. It's it, The only reason Zelda goes above it is because Zelda tells more of a story that I can kind of connect mm -hmm. with. Uh, Monster Hunter's gameplay, there for me, there is nothing like it. It's just so captivating. So Yes. Dan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at DCDM99. All right. David, where can we find you? You can find me at David Laspie on Twitter. And then also, just a quick plug, we are still uh, continuing to bring people aboard for our writing team at BossRushGames.com. So we've had lots of exciting developments there. And, and if you've been checking out our weekend content, we, we've added a bunch of new features from Boss Rush Entertainment. Um, and we are still looking for more writers. So if you are interested, please contact us by sending us an email at opportunities at brg at gmail.com. That's opportunities, A-T, B-R-G at gmail.com. Yes. You guys can find me on Twitter at that Pritchard Code. Check out Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, where we're on podcasts on Podbean. You can check out uh, Talk the Walk, um, Arsenal X, Crossroads, um, Tower Casual, and more at BoschRushGames.com and on our YouTube page at BoschRushGames. You can follow us on Twitter at PowerBlock podcast um join us up on like i said on our discord and if you want to email the show you can do it at nintendopowerblock at gmail.com um, we would love to hear from you guys um what you guys are playing what you snacking on your thoughts about the news stories and what you're playing with power and even some stuff for dogma we would like to hear what you guys got to say with that everybody have a great week have a great weekend enjoy some games as always let's be better to one another let's be more and also we want you guys to be you with that we will see you next time on nintendo pop bye everybody Woo